Hello and welcome to Jumpstart Weekly, the weekly manga podcast where every week we read all the chapters on Visit Shonen Jump website, as well as another volume of manga. I'm your host, Jeremy. And I'm your host, Kevin. Just a heads up, I'm super fried, so hopefully I remember the manga I read. I read it. I, re- I really tried to say read like that was the past tense one. I read. I liked it all. I remember that fairly well. I'm sure once yeah. we start talking about it, it'll sound like I didn't. Yeah. Also, we read My Hero Academia Volume 7 because we're in the final week of thanks month. And next starts Christmas. Yes. Slash our slow descent into death, depending on your preference. It's after Thanksgiving, so the death of the winter is coming, and it's come for Shonen Jump as well. Yeah. So, without further ado, let's get into One Piece Chapter 963, Becoming a Samurai. I think I remember what happened in this one. What did you think of this chapter of One Piece, Kevin? Well, I liked that I had a question last week, and it was immediately <laughs> answered this week of like, I wonder how we met Dog Storm and Nekumaru or whatever it is. And like, oh, right right there. Bam. <laughs> there they are. I guess I was wrong. I, or I guess maybe they get all get on Roger's ship together. That would make sense, too. Yeah, like they were on Roger's ship, but he actually met them in Wano, which yeah. is nice. And also that there's a pact between the Minx and Wano. Which has been established before. Yeah. But, yeah. It's stuff I forget because there's so much detail in One Piece. And I read so much other things that I can't be the super fanboy about One Piece. I was like, oh, that was mentioned, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, no, I'm keeping track of too many storylines in my head to remember everything. It's just not happening. Mine is 90% Gundam Seed. I also like that Kakumatsu, who is the Kappa samurai that's been in the future, is actually a fishman. He's just pretending to be a Kappa because of racism towards fishmen. Yes. I also love how everyone's like, so you're an evil spirit then. He's like, yes, but it's better than a fishman. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Damn, fishman got it rough. Well, yes, we've we've heard that backstory. Yes. Also, Whitebeard shows up. That's pretty much all that happens in this chapter, right? Basically, uh, yeah. It's them joining his crew. And then Whitebeard showing up with young Marco was the the main guy I recognized besides yeah. some of the other ones. But young, like, deckhand Marco being like, I'll go with you, Pops. No. And someone else being like, no, you're just a deckhand. And Odin being like, uh, just running at Whitebeard, being like, take me on your ship. <laughs> we also missed in the middle where Yasui's tells all the rough and tumble samurai bros that Odin is assembled to get educated. And, pay, and pays the money because they're like, we're, they're poor, so they go to steal from Yasui. And he's just like, here, take all the money you were going to steal. If you're going to be his vassals, be his vassals. It's like, hey, I, I would just give you a scholarship. You don't have to take from me. Yes. I like that, dude. And him getting undisowned and being, he's about to be recrowned prince when? Yeah, when Whitebeard shows up and yeah. he's like, take me on your ship. It's a pretty good chapter of One Piece. We're going to be in this flashback for a while, so I guess we got to dig in. But Roger might be about to show up. I have a feeling he won't, just because that's how One Piece tends to work. But yeah. maybe we're getting to the point where that's not the case. Maybe. Oh, and I said he might be done in five years. Yeah. Which, which I mean, I know that's not true, but that might mean we're getting to the point where Roger shows up in some flashbacks. Yeah, it's possible that he might start revealing more and more of the story. Uh, because even though Odai said that he'll be done in five years, his editor laughed at that. Just utterly laughed at that. Yeah, right. You know, yeah, right. Odai wants to be done in five years, but he's not going to be. Which brings us to Demon Slayer chapter 184, leaving the war front. Speaking of death, One Piece didn't have much in it, but no. 
So we find out that it's about an hour and a half till dawn, and they've been like puked out in the middle of a city. Yep. So they've got to keep him there for an hour and a half. But he's so strong that he regenerates as he's being cut, so they can't really do anything to him. Yep. They're like, wow, that's impressive. So then all the remaining noob demon slayers, what's the word I actually want? Scrub. There we go. All the remaining scrub demon slayers start jumping in front of all the main characters at TP Human Shields. He's like, no, you might be able to do damage. We must give our life for you. Yep. Well, I do like one of them screams like, how many times have the Hashiras saved us? As far as I can tell from watching the series, literally every time something happened. Yes. They are the only competent demon slayers. Unless, and, and no. Tanjiro and his friends. I was like, Tanjiro and his friends show up and help yeah, people out. Is Tanjiro not actually a Hashira? No. Okay. Not technically. He Yes and no. He's close. It, well, it's more like... I have the power level of a Hashira, but we haven't gone through the whole ceremony thing. Yeah, and he, you know he, he's a lieutenant <laughs> Hashira. Yes, he's just waiting for that spot to open up, and I think some of them are going to die and give him a spot. Well, <laughs> well, <laughs> good point. Yeah. So, so at the end of this chapter, our main character is—I don't remember his last name—is Tanjiro Kamado. Unfortunately for him, he's dead. Yes. Because Muzan's like, no, like if I cut you at all, you will just die. The ones I actually kill get the fast death. Everyone else just gets like disease poison. Yeah, because he mentions I'm able to inject my blood into all of my attacks because they're made of me. Like he's making blades out of himself. And he's like, this blood is just straight up poison. Like normally when demons ingest my blood or when people ingest my blood, they become demons. But I'm just literally secreting poison basically. So, anybody that gets cut by me dies. I really hope that what's-her-name shows up, Tanjiro's sister. I know she's off somewhere. Being Nezuko? To the, yeah, Nezuko. Okay, I think of her name. I hope she just gets to punch him in the face. I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. But uh, I hope. Specifically, they were trying to protect Nezuko or using her as bait for the lure to get Muzan in here because Nezuko gained immunity to sunlight. Mm-hmm. And he and wants that. He wants that. He's like, if I have that, I'm immortal. So he's hunt. He's been hunting down Nezuko to try and gain her image, like to reabsorb her, to gain her immunity to sunlight, so that he can become the perfect immortal being. Yeah. So he she needs to punch him in the face. <laughs> yeah, I'm, she probably will. Well, specifically, she will probably kick him in the face because she is it's more Nezuko. Of a kicks. Yeah, she's, she's a more, more of a kicks fighter. She's more shoot style. Yes, but that's why you got to release that 100 percent and go for the punch. Which leads us to Samurai 8, Chapter 28, Drama the Initiate. What did you think of Samurai 8 this week, Kevin? It seemed like a Kevin chapter to me in a weird way that I can't put my finger on. I like. I did like it. I My rankings are going to be super weird because I did them days after I read this because I thought I had done them earlier and was like, uh-oh. Uh, uh but I do like the reveal that Ko had been betrayed like at first you thought oh I was just pointless and my master abandoned me and it was like no the guy that you're working for kind of screwed you over somehow like I'm still kind of confused on how it happened because it me too it sort of makes it looks like he made his master commit seppuku I think there's like a picture of his master dot like on the ground with blo- or somebody on the ground with blood pulling out pulling out of him as Ko is sitting there trying to do the ritual so I'm like Hmm. But they don't ever, like, they didn't really explain it much. So, before the flashback to a Sudoku, 
we get the Ruma in his human form where he's cocky AF and is just like, nah, I'm I'm the master in a shonen anime and this is my first fight. Yes. So you're donezo, buddy. Yes. And Hajimaru's like, wow, you're cool. He's like, yeah, pay close attention to me. This will not last long and you need to learn as much as you can. So you sit there and watch and take notes while I kick this guy's ass. Yes. And we also find out he specifically has a technique to cut someone and not let them samurai regenerate, which is why he has a scar on his eye, because he yep. apparently had that used on him at some point. Yeah, it's like, it's a rare technique, but it's one that people possess. It kind of reminds me of, I don't know why that popped into my head, but the Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy, uh, Death explains, or Grim explains that his scythe, like if he beheads somebody with it, the head stays detached. Like, it you cannot reattach a head that's been cut by death's scythe. Yeah. I can see where you make that connection. Even if I, I was going to say, I've not thought about Billy and Mandy in a long time. I think about the Billy and Mandy Christmas special a lot though. And it is almost Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So Tanjiro just watches master beat up this guy with a sword, I guess it's less of a beat up and more of a defeating him in a sword duel. Yep. And we find out that Kotsuka got betrayed by him yes. and should have been a samurai. And that's pretty much it. Definitely yeah. not a bad chapter. I didn't, when I said it was a Kevin chapter, I didn't mean I didn't like it. There's just something weird about it that struck me as Kevin will like this. Yeah, like I said, I did like it. Which leads us to My Hero Academia number 251. Just one week since I looked at you. Dunna. That's not how that song goes. It's no. Fine. This is a very, very short chapter. My Hero likes to do this sometimes, yeah. presumably for the artist to catch up. It's only 13 pages, and it's all action. This could be and less than a minute of an episode of the anime. Yeah, no, probably. It won't be because they will definitely take some opportunities for flashbacks when this moment comes up. Or extensions of the the scene a little bit. Yeah, but it could be. It's also very good. Yeah, no, this this was super solid. Yeah, I totally see the potential for flashbacks during this sequence, especially with Endeavor having the like hesitation moment. That and all of them being like, I got to apply what Endeavor just taught me last chapter. Yep. So anyway, the three boys spring into action. They apparently all have Iron Man suitcase suits because they like jump into action and Endeavor's driver like fires these suitcases at them. Well, I mean, (laughs) we've seen their their costumes come in suitcases like that before. But but they get them on real fast is what I'm saying. Yes. This guy has a very, like, moonfish-ish quirk where he, like, shoots out tendrils and stuff. I guess it's, like, mummy-like. He shoots out, like, these appendages. Yeah, they are maybe bandages. It's not really explained at all. So, like, I, I get the mummy thing where it seems like he's shooting out bandages or something like that. And the advantage of this chapter being so brief is it feels like all this happens in an instant as he, he uses his bandages to, like, throw a bunch of cars up and Deku all for once himself into the air. And then uses those tendrils he's been trying to control to just grab all the cars all at once. He one for alls, not all for ones. Yep. We always I always make that mistake. You sometimes make that mistake. Yes. It's an easy mistake to make. Bakugo grabs Endeavor's son, like by bombing into him and then going through, and Todoroki does not a kill shot, because they're not gonna kill this guy. No, but, but he he lands the knockout. Yeah. All at once. And Endeavor, Endeavor's like, whoa, it's only been a week. Well, there's a moment before all of them spring into action where he has a hesitation about something like... Presumably, he doesn't want to get his son killed? Yeah, he's he's thinking about, I don't want to get my son killed. He's thinking about the son that he's got a shrine of. Maybe something that the villain said. Like, it, it's not exactly clear what, but he's got that moment of hesitation, and that's how the boys are able to jump into action. 
and save the day. Yeah. It's a very cool chapter. Yeah. No, it's super solid. Maybe a little bit less solid. We have Double Taisei number 27, Double Taisei. Yeah, that that's definitely a chapter of manga. <laughs> it's not a bad chapter of manga, I didn't think. You can tell immediately what's going on. Yeah. I don't know. I, I It kind of... It didn't bother me, but... I didn't even have the feeling of relief of like, well, at least it's done. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, Double Taisei has been in this weird spot for me. I was really curious how it was going to continue. <laughs> the answer is it won't. Yeah. I appreciate the flash forward. This feels like a doesn't actually feel like a final chapter of if the series had kept going, but it feels like the start of the last arc. Yeah. And I can kind of appreciate that. It's got a very Yu-Gi-Oh ending where, of course, Tai and Sei have to shogi each other. And apparently the World Shogi Organization built them a prison so that all they can do is hang out, make a shogi move a day, hang out until the other person gets to make a shogi move. Yeah, because the match is going to take two months. Apparently they're going for Meijin, which again makes sense. But it's like, all right, yeah, so we've got the old homeless guy who was the old Meijin, I guess, is like rooting them on. Yeah, that was established that he was Meijin. Yeah, but it was just the... So it's like, ah, oh, it's going to be two months of playing this shogi match, and it's going to be the shogi match of the deck or of the millennium or whatever. It's like, uh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I also just, I don't want to say felt empty. It wasn't like, ah, oh, I'll miss that. Nor was it like, oh, I want more or like, oh, I'm glad that's gone. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of emotion to it. I didn't think Double Tie Say was going to survive very much longer. I was surprised it survived as long as it did. Yeah, a little bit the same. But we don't have to deal with it anymore. No. Uh, I will miss some aspects of it. I am curious to see what's going to come to replace it. Maybe yep. nothing. Maybe some short stuff for a little while. Maybe Hunter Hunter will be back. It's about that time of year, right? I doubt it. I haven't heard anything. I do think they would make some announcements about that. Hunter Hunter's probably never coming back. Let's not get our hopes up. Yeah. I, I really feel bad for that artist. Yeah. I mean, that's... He gave his life to manga, and he made some really good ones. I'm sad he didn't get to finish Hunter Hunter, because it's probably his best one. Yep. Which, And on that sad note, we have Act Age Chapter 91 for Yonagi. What did you think of Act Age this week, Kevin? So I actually really liked Act Age this week. I liked that we have the subversion of that supporting character. We probably know his name, and I just don't. Yeah, I, I know we know it, but I did not write it down. The guy who's playing the pig who, like, at the la- at the end of the last chapter is like, it's my time to shine. I did write it down, actually. It's Takemitsu. Okay. So he's like, it's my time to shine, Yunagi. And then he gets out on stage, and he's like, oh, God. Yeah. Oh, she's she's got a lot. Nogami's like, yep, that's how people are usually like when they act against me. Yep. And, like, he's just done now because he's a super confident actor, and she's robbed him completely of it. Of his confidence, yeah. So it's like, oh, is this going to make the play suffer? Because he's like, God, Yonagi's not even paying attention to me right now. Like, crap. So I really liked that. Uh, that was basically the whole chapter was kind of not his internal monologue, but like him coming to the realization of like, oh, I'm so outclassed here. There is a bit earlier that I like before he has that realization where Yonagi like strikes him down, doesn't actually kill him, but does they have an anime clash and he falls down for her. Like yep. he literally takes a fall. Um, and he's like flashback to Ogami telling him like, Hey, there's a kid 10 rows back. You can use her to gauge because kids have pure reactions. Yep. And I really like that bit. Yeah, that was really cool. And they also mentioned that the fall, like, wasn't supposed to be as bad. Like that's when 
Ogami's like, oh, he's overcompensating. Yeah. So I, I really liked it, and it's making it look more and more like the, like you were saying, where Team B is going to end up winning the competition, because even though Yunagi is putting an amazing performance together, the rest of her crew isn't meshing together well. And that sets Chio up for a more Seto Kaiba role, where she wins, but she's not satisfied with it. Yeah. Where it's like, our play ended up winning. But I but, did not beat Yonagi. Yeah, Yonagi was the better Princess Iron fan. Yeah. Like, oh, clearly that was the best Princess Iron fan we ever saw. The rest of the cast didn't end up doing what they needed to, versus this play was much more solid. I'm also hoping for some resolution with director on, because like she's mentioned this play is her trying to figure out, or I guess Yonagi mentioned that the play is her trying to figure out her own feelings. Yeah. So I'm expecting at the end of this arc that she will have, if they're not going to continue dealing with her, she will have either figured that out or she'll like have something of an epiphany of it. We will see. Or she might not, and that might be a contrast for Yanagi. Yeah. Is also awake. Yeah, that could also be like, oh, this didn't answer it either. Yeah. And that's like a spur to action for her to get better. Which brings us to We Never Learn question 137. Sometimes a maiden's sweet sentiments are connected to X. This is a sweet chapter, pun intended. Yes. I did. I actually really liked this chapter for whatever reason. I For a lot of reasons, but I, I did end up really liking this chapter. We never learned. It, there, there wasn't anything super deep in it, but I still liked a lot of the aspects of it. There's good Araka stuff and there's good Ogata stuff as well. Yep. I really love them being, uh, who are you making this chocolate for? Oh, you know, a friend. And Ogata's like, I'm making it for Yugia. He's been helping us out, like, the entire past year. You guys should make some for him, too. He's such a good friend. Especially after, this is after we see Raka flashing back to every Valentine's Day she spent with Yuiga. And how she has all this, always made chocolate for him and can never give it to him. Yes. Well, and it's because the both of them, like... Fumino realizes she loves him, so they're both making Yuga chocolate. But it just Ogata being like, Oh, I'm making this for Naruki. Like she's just much more upfront about everything. He's so bold and like Uraka pulls out her middle school yearbook and shows them pictures <laughs> of Yuiga and being an awkward middle schooler. And it cuts like, No fair. This book should be mine. Mine. That was awesome. She's like, It's no fair that you have this book. I want it. Also, the cliffhanger at the end is also pretty good, where they're all like, yeah, I'm going to be the first one to give it to him. And we see he's just got a basket full of chocolate already. It's it's not like it's not just a basket. It looks like he's got his backpack is overflowing and he's holding two giant bags full of other <laughs> bags of chocolate because it's. Uraka being like, uh, hey, I'm finally going to give Naruyuki his chocolate. And she like rounds the corner and he's like, oh, hey, how's it going? And he's just basically covered in chocolate. He's a D&D adventurer of chocolate. Yes. He's Gavin the Chocolate Boy. <laughs> That's a good reference that I don't think anyone in our audience will get. Probably not. I'm wondering to see how exactly it's going to twist why he has all that chocolate, but I did. I really liked, like I said, I just really liked this chapter. I feel like it might just be his sister gave it all to him, or we're going to see literally all the other girls he bumped into first. Like his sister has a distinct advantage yeah, when it I'm, comes to this. Yeah, I'm expecting his sister, maybe a bunch of the women he's helped throughout like, the year. Like all the maid cafe. Yeah, uh, gave him chocolate or something like that, or he's like carrying it for somebody else. <laughs> That would be pretty good, too. 
Go high explain my leg. You have to carry all this chocolate for me. Well, although girls don't get chocolate. No, um, but like one of maybe one of his friends, friends yeah. got a ton of chocolate and they got so much that he's carrying some. Or they gave it to him because he's poor and he has all, all these little brothers and sisters he could give it to. Yeah. So like I, I'm wondering how they're going to twist it, or maybe he just all right, I guess like you said, uh he, there's a ton of other women who gave him chocolate because he helped them out or it's some weird subversion of that like, oh no, none of this is mine. What are you talking about? And like he doesn't think about it at all. Uh pretty good. That brings us to The Promised Neverland chapter 159. Thank you. Which is also a pretty good chapter, although it's very transitiony. It's kind of what we need right now here. Yeah, no, it was it was good, but nothing like yeah, all right. Promise Neverland. I was like, okay, that was a good one. Sonja and Mujikai are like, hey, you should go back to your base and make sure it doesn't get burned to the ground by that demon army. Yeah, because it was like, even if it's only a small part of the demon army, it's still like only a fifth of the demon army is still like 200,000, not 200,000, but it's like 200 demons. It's probably going to be bad. Your Zazi's got a lo- broken leg, so he, can- he slash she can't fight them all. I'm not sure. They keep calling him he. Yes. He looks feminine to me. It could just be a... I was like, he could just look feminine. Yes, that's a very manga thing. Or maybe I'm making assumptions and shouldn't about their gender. But anyway, Mujika's like, don't worry, I got a plan. And they're like, really? It's like, yeah. And as soon as uh, Emily, she's like, I do not have a plan. Yes. <laughs> Which I really liked. I like that. She's like, I, I don't actually have a plan. And I also like that Sanju... Was kind of like, so you're never going to be able to eat human flesh. He's like, ah. He's like, ah, oh, damn it. I know. <laughs> it was kind of the thing of like, I this was something I told myself I wanted, but then when it, the opportunity was presented it to me, I realized I didn't. Or it's like he still maybe does, but it's like I didn't want to eat them. Yeah, I think he's like, I knew there was going to be a day where I couldn't do it anymore. I did not think it was today. Yes, is how I took it. Yeah, yeah, that that's a good way of putting it. Also, Peter Rotary is apparently here. Yeah, the guy he's who the, made the first promise, right? Well, he no, he's the current head of the clan. So gotcha. there, he's like the descendant. They like naming okay, themselves yeah. after him because it's the Ratiri clan have been the humans that have yeah, been yeah. keeping the peace, and he's the current head. That is what I meant is the yeah. descendant of that guy. Although it would not surprise me at all to find out it is actually that guy. No, but I'm I'm pretty sure it's the descendant. Like I've, they've mentioned, it's the Ratiri clan rather than being him, and he's the one leading the demon army. So it's like, all right, cool, because I know this is the final arc of Promise Neverland. Yeah. So it's like, all right, cool. It's it's good to know that it's not going to be ending like now. Well, we, there are a lot of loose ends to wrap up. We still have no idea what the Promise Emma made is. Yeah, I didn't mean like this week. But yeah, like, I know. I know. We've now got like more of the arc to go and not just like, oh God, we're in the end game. I feel like you could argue there's going to be another arc, but like it's splitting hairs about where the arc starts and where the arc ends more yes. than saying, oh, you lied to me. Yeah. Anything else about Promise Neverland? Uh, not this week. Well, and that will lead us to Yui Kamiya Let's Loose, final chapter, Yui Kamiya Let's Loose. Because both of the final chapters were just the name of the series this week. Yes. Although Yui Kamiya Let's Loose makes a lot more sense as a final chapter name than Double Taisei. Because this is a chapter where Yui Kamiya Let's, let's Loose. Lo- yeah, I was like, because <laughs> the, the thing actually happens, so I'm like, good on that. As opposed to Double Taisei, which I guess existed. Boy, was that a manga we read for 27 chapters. Yep. What did you think about Yui Kamiya's ending? It felt less rushed than a lot of the other manga endings have been. 
right. really? Because I thought it felt really rushed. I think I get what you're going on. I don't mean to cut you off. I just yeah. find that surprising. I'm not saying that it didn't feel rushed like any manga cancellation, but I more meant it kind of felt like we were building toward this, like maybe he kind of knew I a little bit. I definitely think he knew. I also definitely think he thought he had another chapter or two. Yeah. Because I feel like this chapter was unfortunately really indulgent of Yui Kamio's weaknesses yeah. as a series. Like the action was really blurry and went really fast. The Yui Kamio stuff, the character stuff, doesn't make as much sense as I want it to. I get what they're going for, mm-hmm. but it doesn't quite feel earned. That said, like all the other arcs, it ends with a party epilogue, and I do think that mostly works. Yeah. Yeah, so like I said, it it felt less rushed than a lot of these other manga cancellations where it's like, all right, the manga's canceled, so we're going to time skip four years. Or or Hellward and Higuma, where it's like, we're just going to pretend we're not canceled. Hey, we got a secret bonus chapter. Where we're pretending we're not canceled still. Yes. No, we're not canceled. What are you talking about? But you're not going to be producing it. We're not canceled. Yeah. So I actually did kind of like this, like as uh, compared to a lot of the other final chapters that I've read of manga that didn't end properly. Like we Food seemed Wars. like we were in the last arc. Yes. You didn't. Well, you didn't think Food Wars ended it properly. No, I I meant okay. Food Wars ended properly. Gotcha. So I'm not trying to compare this final chapter to, to Food, Food Wars' okay. final chapter, which ended properly. You're like comparing that, it to Neolation. Neolation, Hellward and Higuma, those ones. All are, our dead babies. Last Sayuki, unfortunately. Last, yeah, Last Sayuki. All the ones that died prematurely versus Food Wars was one that we read like that I I've read. All right, you know, it it ended when it wanted to, not when it was told to. Yeah. This was still ended when it told to, but it felt a lot better than any of the other ones. And this guy's had a Shonen Jump series before, so I think he got more wiggle room and probably knew more what was going on. Yeah. I found it disappointing as a last chapter, personally. It just felt really rushed. I think with one more, we could have been on to something. I will miss Yubi Kamiyo. Not nearly as much as last Sayuki. Yeah. I do think it was kind of time for it to go. I don't feel super broken up about it. Even less broken up than Neolation, which was just such a shock since it's the first one we lost. Yeah. But like unlike Double Tie Say, which I could have taken our left, uh, I will miss Yui Kimio a bit. Yep. And last but not least, that leads us to Hell's Paradise, Chapter 77. What did you think of Hell's Paradise this week, Kevin? I enjoyed Hell's Paradise pretty good. Not like, oh my God, this was amazing. It has one of my favorite tropes which is the two people arguing during the middle of the fight. They get attacked during the middle of it, and both of them immediately turn and, like, just bitch slap the thing that was, or whoever was attacking them. Like, don't interrupt us. It is a good trail. And I just, I always really love that, because it's like they're just in this heated argument, and they're like, hey, hold on. I'm, I'm mad at this guy right now. You can wait your turn. But other than that, like, it's all of them teaming up, and being like, oh, we need to we need to use teamwork to defeat this thing. Yeah, I like the, like, that doesn't seem physically possible moments. But yes. clearly it is. That's a trope I like. Where, like, this isn't possible, but it is happening. So yeah. we have to deal with it. I don't know that I have much else to say about it, honestly. I wish I did. No, like I said, I actually did enjoy it. Like, some of the action was kind of, I thought, kind of cool. But not anything super amazing. But it was just something that I, I'm i glad we're talking about Hell's Paradise more. I still need to get caught up. Uh, I'll keep saying that probably till next year because I keep 
putting more projects in my backlog, not just including consuming content, like stuff like that. Like, oh, I've got this army to finish building and painting. Yep. And, yep. and maybe I just started talking to you about another podcast project that might be in the works. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. This story of Hell's Paradise, this fight, I guess, I'm not liking nearly as much as the previous couple. Okay. And I think that's part of why I don't have much to say on it. I don't think it's bad. I got I'm just you. not enjoying it as much. I do like what the monster here represents. And I do kind of like the brother stuff and this samurai guy. But none of them are as interesting to me as the previous fight. Yeah. I don't think I will care as much if one of them dies. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. I get you. I'm I'm liking that they're kind of coming together more as a team. Like, I like the team coming together through adversity thing. It's a so. good trope. All right. Anything else you want to say about Hell's Paradise? No. Well, that will take us into Jump Card. Jump card is the segment where we rank all the chapters from this week, from our least favorite up through our favorite. We had 19 this week, so what's warming that coveted Toki Shinobi Squad spot, Kevin? Tokyo Shinobi Squad. <sighs> I barely remember what happened in it. Jen's master came. It wasn't nearly as cool as Daruma fighting, and he beat up Jen. Isn't yep. that impressive? No. No, it's not. I don't care about any of these people. Nope. Not even a little. Oh, he got beat up by his master. Yeah, that's that's typically how it works at the start of a shonen series. Like if Naruto beat the shit out of Jiraiya, Jiraiya. <laughs> Jiraiya as soon as he's shown up, I was like, you kind of assume Jiraiya sucks. Like that would be like if he was a Bisu. Yeah, I was like, it it'd be a funny subversion of the master trope, but it's not used well. Yeah. Well, and it also doesn't happen. So I'm talking about what would be a funny subversion and doesn't happen. Yeah. Uh, it's not good. What do you have at 18? Me, Tama. Me too. I didn't hate it, and you probably did, but I didn't like it. I didn't. It. I actually didn't hate this one as much because it focuses on one of the spirits, and it's kind of like a lot of the stuff feels like it's this like special thing that's tacked on to the episode kind of thing. Like even a lot of the regular chapters sometimes don't feel like they're connect. I mean, they're all connected, but there doesn't feel like a whole lot of flow to the story because like nothing stays around. So it's like, it's a gag. It's another gag. It's another gag. This just felt like, oh, it was the commentary, the commentary spirit that follows Reno around giving like some backstory. I was like, all right, this actually feels like it's something. Yeah. And like the almost documentary gimmick of it is kind of humorous. Yeah. But not super humorous. Yeah. Thus, Slightly better than Tokyo Shinobi. Actually, much better than <laughs> I Tokyo say, much Shinobi. Better, I cared at points. Yes, I was like, much better than Tokyo Shinobi, which is a testament to how bad Tokyo Shinobi is and not how good Mitama is. What do you have at 17? I have Beast Children at 17. They try to scrum, fail, figure something out, and are now going to scrum again. Yeah, 
I put it a bit higher because there were just beats in it I liked, but you're not wrong with that description. Yeah. I mean, but also every Dragon Ball Z arc is they fight, they fail, they do a training, and they fight again. Yes, but I care about them and I do not care about these guys. Fair so enough. So it's like, I'm as simplistic as the thing I'm getting, I'm just like, eh, uh, I don't, I just don't care. I have Chainsaw Man at number 17. I liked most, I like at Chainsaw Man enough, I liked. Like I said, I liked. I got the and jump this week. Chainsaw Man was very, again, playing to its weaknesses, though. The It's all fight scene, and it's a super muddy fight scene. Yeah. There are definitely, like, gimmicks in the fight I like, but so much of it is hard to follow. And, like, it's the thing we talk about with some Chainsaw Man fights. They're just so, like, hatched and gory. Yeah. It's hard to tell what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. I, that makes sense. That put it a bit higher, mainly because of the ending, which we can talk about when I get to it. Yeah. So I have Dr. Stone Reboot at 16. Really? I liked Dr. Stone Reboot this week. I I probably am being harsh on it. Honestly, I probably put it down there because I'm like, yeah, it's Dr. Stone Reboot. Whatever. But you're right. The Ray in space thing was actually... It's because there are stakes to this. Yes. Like, Ray could crash the International Space Station. Yeah, that's true. And that true. has both an, a potential impact on the real Dr. Stone manga. And, like, is Pathos... Like, there are stakes here, because yeah. we don't know this character's fate, True. and I find them cute. I like Dr. Stone Reboot a lot. All it took was Dr. Stone taking a week off for me to like Dr. Stone Reboot. Yeah, that does help. Yeah, not getting double of it. I have Yui Kamiya at 16, because like I said, it was, I thought, a disappointing end- ending. And like with Chainsaw Man, I felt it was playing to Yui Kamiya's weaknesses, not its strengths. I got Even you. though there were parts, particularly the very end with Yui Kamiya, like, being comfortable in her two different forms yeah. that I did like. What do you have at 15, Kevin? Double Tysay. Me too. I don't. I guess I just was less disappointed in it than the ending of Yui Kimio. Like, this made sense as an ending to Double Tysay. And I kind of appreciated oh, sure. getting to see a flash forward to everybody. It didn't make me feel much, which for an ending especially is very weak. Yes. But, like, Yui Kimio just made me feel a little frustrated. And, like, it wasn't nothing the way Tokyo Shinobi Squad makes me feel nothing. Yeah. Like, I at least thought about it and was like, oh, these are interesting story choices. Yep. I wonder how this arc would have played in the alternate universe where Double Taisei was better and popular. Apparently, there's a Shogi curse that I saw something because I was like, wait, because uh, Double Taisei was the first of the end of the ending ones that I read. I was like, wait, so does that mean that it's, it's canceled? Because I don't think there was specifically a the end. I think there was. I don't remember if there was or not. I'm going to look. But either way, I had some confusion. So I was like, is, to- or is Double Taisei canceled? And it was like, can Double Taisei beat the Shogi curse? No. <laughs> and it's something to do with Shogi manga can't make it and jump or something like that. I mean, it seems like an uphill battle. Shogi's really hard to show dra- dynamically. You've got to do lots of metaphor stuff. And at that point, why not just literalize whatever metaphor battle you're showing? Yeah. Yeah, there is at the end, at the end of Double Taisei, okay. by the way. So I missed it then. Or right, uh, something was causing me to think about it or think something was being weird like oh this is a weird time skip it's a weird time skip the chapter name i don't know if you noticed but you might have subconsciously it's the same as the manga name and also like it's just it ends on a a final note i feel like yep what do you have at 14 i have jujutsu kaisen at 14 you put it lower than me not by much but you put it lower than me but i think i know why i didn't super love it yeah and it was just kind of like I do like Gojo 
being like, oh, I've got a counter for your shenanigans. Like, oh, well, try and lock down your powers. Cool. I'll just beat the crap out of you with my superior physical attributes. And if you try and stop those, then my powers can kick your ass. I get why you want to do that with a mentor character, but we've established Gojo so much already. It feels a lot like, oh, yeah, well, I have an anti-laser shield. Yes. Yeah, there was a bit of that. And it like it's not like it was set up earlier or like hinted at or anything. It's just like, look at how awesome Gojo is. Okay. I have the power to turn cow into a chicken. Yeah. I have Haikyuu at 14. Mm-hmm. And I guess I was just expecting the other Japanese character who popped up to stick around longer. I was expecting them to kind of be partners. And I was just disappointed when that didn't happen. And it didn't do a lot for me other than that. Yeah, it's my number 13. I'm Jujutsu Kaisen is my number 13. Okay. So. Yep. I did like, it seems like we're now skipping forward through the time skip. Like, to get him back into Japan. Yeah, which is a weird... Like, I I guess it, he went to train to Brazil is meaningless, and it makes sense to spend some time here. But it seems like we spent a weirdly long amount of time here if we're not going to be here longer. I think it's to give him that thing where he meets up with a Japanese guy. Like, maybe And, like, maybe if they're teammates now. that Or huge rivals now. Either way, that makes either sense. Either way, yeah that, that. yeah, that could be something cool. So I'm like, I'm I'm not pissed about it. Or, in it, or, you know, I'm not upset about it at all. I was like, all right, okay. So now we're kind of like fast forwarding through, all right, yeah, he did his training in Brazil and he's going to get ready to go back to Japan where like he learned some lessons even from playing in the sands, even though that's not going to be directly applicable. Like his skills are not directly applicable to indoor play. Like there's still stuff he learned about about playing, not mm-hmm. specific, like not the mechanics of it. But stuff he learned about how he plays. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think it's pointless. I think a chapter for sure spend on this. Yes. But it just it feels like a weird amount of time to be spent here if we're already moving on. Yeah. So I have Mission Yosakura Family at number 12. It was cute. So. Yeah, I thought it was really cute. And I value cute highly. So I put it a bit higher. I gotcha. Like, I did like it. I feel like it was playing to its strengths yes. since I've been saying so many series weren't this week. Yeah, it it definitely was. And again, because I'll keep reiterating it, my, my ranking is hard when you've read the things three days ago. Yeah, it is. It's hard when you just read them and you're like, oh, man, what do I value more? Yes. In a manga chapter. What did you have, number 12? Beast Children. Like I said, I just like the beats. I was expecting to put it lower, but I just, like I said, it made me feel what it wanted to. It felt like some good shonen stuff. I gotcha. I have Chainsaw Man at number 11, and it's basically just for the ending of, so Bomb Lady has, like, Denji's torso, or at least most of his torso, because she's got his head, and they want his heart, so I'm assuming- She blowed off the legs. Yes. And I think the arms, too. And she's like walking away, like, "Oh, Makima got you. Oh well, well, I'll just take your heart and be gone. You know, be done with then." Like, I did actually really like you, but you're a lost cause. And I like that Aki, using his future powers, has like hidden himself as one of the dead bodies, then just pops up and cuts Denji out of her hands. I didn't realize that that was what he was doing, and it probably would have gotten higher if I had. I'm I'm assuming that's the way it worked. Is he used his future powers to put himself in her path, and then is like, "Haha, I have sprung my trap." That I used. Whereas, like, the future game, like, look at all these dudes that are going to die. Ah, it's going to suck for you. Yeah. Like, well, yes, but. But I can use it to my advantage. <laughs> so, 
At least that's the way I read it, and it, I was like, ah, that's that's pretty cool. As opposed to just randomly, aha, I've been playing possum, and you think you luckily stepped on my or uh, stepped next to me so that I could attack you. I have Hell's Paradise at eleven. Like I said when we were talking about, it, I don't know that I had a lot to say about it. I really like the. It's, this doesn't seem physically possible, but it is, so we have to deal with it stuff. Yeah, the it doesn't seem like it should be able to fly with those wings, but it is. Hmm. Science will have to uncover these mysteries at a later date. What do you have at 10? I have Black Clover at 10. Me too. What happened in Black Clover, Kevin? I can't remember why I put it here. <laughs> Asta fought some guys. Asta fought some guys. He was like, ah, oh, I'll key sense these guys so I can fight them when I can't see them. Uh, that's ba- That's basically it. And then, well, I guess the other big thing is... One of the dudes that is in the the craft that they're piloting has a bit of devil power in him. Oh, yeah. And Asta's like, yeah, your devil sucks. My devil's way better. Yes. And so he makes his sword giant. And then we actually see oh, yeah. a Asta shadow. turns into a giant mech at the end. Huh? Well, it's not a giant mech, but we see this giant shadow of, the, of a demon behind the mech. Like he's unleashed his demon or something like that. I was like, all right, that's that's pretty cool. So it's like nothing in the fight was particularly awesome, but I definitely liked the, uh, oh, I sense that you also have a bit of the demon in you. Yeah, I have a lot more of the demon in me, and your bit of the demon sucks, so yep. you're not going to be able to fight me, scrub. Yeah, the more you talk about it, the more I remember what happened, the more I remember why I liked it. Yeah, like, it was good. There, there's a reason it's at the middle of my list, and it's not because I di- I disliked the thing un- underneath it. It's I liked the things above it more. Yeah. What do you have at nine? I have Hell's Paradise at nine. Like I said, I really love the trope with the two people arguing and then they get interrupted by somebody fighting them and they both team up to bitch slap that guy or whatever it is. So they're the samurai and the elder brother are having an argument and the uh, fused Lord Tensons attack them and they just both bitch slap the attack out of the way. Just kind of like almost contemptuously like, hey, we were having a discussion here. You back out. Yeah. I have Mission Yuzakura at nine. Like I said, it's very cute, and mm-hmm. I think that's good. I think it plays to its strengths really well. I think it's properly comedic, but also has like the core relationship in it in a way we don't usually see. Yep. What's lucky number eight for you? So I have Yui Kimio number eight. Okay. I liked it a bit more, I think, because I didn't like Yui Kimio more as a series. That could definitely be. So like you didn't have much expectation for it. No, right? I I did not have much expectation, and I felt that it was a better ending chapter than a lot of the other. Ending chapters have been like it ended on a high note with the harem party, which I enjoyed. Like there were some jokes in there that were funny. So it just like I felt like it went out on a better note than a lot of these other ones that have been canceled have gone out on. So that's why it went higher. Certainly it felt mostly resolved. Yes. I have one piece at number eight. I liked it, but not a lot happened. Yeah. I have the promise. Yeah. The promise Neverland at number seven. It's a transition chapter. Like, it's it's good, but n- nothing super amazing going on there. No big emotional moments or cool plans or anything like that. So I was like, yeah, that's, that's pretty good. I'm, I'm, like, I'm liking where this is going. I have We Never Learn at seven. I feel like we discussed everything we need to about We Never Learn. Yep. I have One Piece at six. I, I guess I liked it slightly more than you because it answered the question that I had last week. Like, he could read my mind. Yeah, I did kind of wonder about that. I have Act Age at six. I also feel like it's a chapter where not a lot happened, even though we discussed it all and I liked it all. Yeah. And I think it sets up an interesting way for Chio to win without winning, like we discussed. Yeah. I have Samurai at number five. 
I don't have much more to say about it. I have Dr. Stone reboot at number five because, again, we talked about it a lot when you said you put it so low because I was kind of surprised. Yeah. I really like this direction. Taking out all the human characters who I know what's going to happen to them makes it much more interesting. Yeah. I, like I said, I probably put Dr. Stone reboot a bit too low just because it was Dr. Stone reboot. But I I do agree that thinking more on it, I did actually like this one. I have Act Agent number four. I just really like the turn of like today today is my turn to shine yonagi oh oh god i'm so outclassed and it's oh, like oh no i'm and, not even the tn yeah <laughs> that's pretty great and him like him realizing that making him worse was good and the oh so yonagi is not necessarily going to be the best princess iron fan but like that is a way to have the Team B win the play because the rest of like their play functioned together better, even though Yonagi's, you know, star player um uh, is better as a character. So I think that'll be interesting. Team too heavy. <laughs> I had to carry Ogami? What? <laughs> I feel like Ogami's playing support all right. No, Ogami's like doing Ogami's actually mid doing and pretty top good. are just feeding like crazy, and the yes. jungler is nowhere to be seen. I have Demon Slayer at number four. I'm really curious where we're going to go with Tanjiro being dead, because I'm sure he's not dead. Yes. And I did like the chapter other than that. I really liked the uh, scrubs being like, no, we're not main characters. Use us as meat shields. But yes, that's also a dark thing to like. Yeah. So I have We Never Learn at number three. I just, I really enjoyed this one. You um, mentioned. Yeah. So not much more to say about when we talked about it. Just, I really found this one super cute. I have Samurai 8 at number three. I don't know that I have much more to say about it either. Or like Daruma, be it, how cocky he is in contrast to his like sage cat form. Yeah. And like being a human brings that out of him. I really like that. Well, I also like the fact that maybe the reason he's not quite so cocky in sage cat form, he's like, God, I'm an old man. I can't do any of this shit or not necessarily an old man, but like, oh, I'm like in this slower model body. I can't do any of my fun stuff. So I need to be like more calm and cautious. And it's like, Oh, I'm in my mecca now. Yeah, you're <laughs> fucked. I have Demon Slayer at number two. It, I really liked it. I really like the uh, Entendro is dead. Like, <laughs> yeah. that, that's a pretty good cliffhanger. It is. I put My Hero Academia at number two, and I can understand why you put it at number one. It's a super good chapter, but it is over in a flash. I like that about it. I think though. it plays to its strength. Don't get me wrong. I can definitely understand putting it at number one. Uh, but I wanted more, and I always want more here. My Hero Academia, so it's not like that gave it points. Yep. So, yeah, do you have anything else you want to say about it? Not, not really. Like, like I said, I just, I, I really liked it, and I liked the fact that it was short. I also don't tend to pay attention to how long, how many pages. Like, it doesn't feel like oh, I, it's not like I count pages, but My Hero was over so quick. I'm like, that had to be less than twenty pages. Yeah, and I. And, you know, it's got page guide at the bottom. Yeah, so. I, I'm aware that you can look, but it was kind of the, there's a difference between, oh, it feels a little short, this chapter felt quick, versus, like, even though the chapter did feel quick, it felt like it was supposed to feel quick. Like, oh, it's this, like, snapshot in time of what happened, and, like, everything worked just amazingly well. I've promised Neverland at number one. I just really liked Mujika and Emma's parting. Like, it yeah. felt really genuine, and I love the Muji Cup being like, yeah, I do not have a plan, but I guess it's time to figure something out. Yeah, that's good. All right, anything else you want to say about Shannon Jump this week? Like I said, I really liked it. 
I think I know I'll miss Yui Kimio, and I will probably miss Double Taisei. I will not. But neither of them are like crushing blows, and I'm curious to see what's coming. Maybe I, we'll have some short shonen jumps. Yeah, maybe we'll have another run of Jumpstart. Yeah, or another thing like the story from the creator of Yu-Gi-Oh did last year. Possibly. Yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes. I could honestly see. Eh. I could. I would say I could see them doing that for the end of the year thing, but Japan's Japan different. treats New Year's very like it's a little big deal in Japan. It's just more New Year than Christmas. Yeah. So, like, what I mean is they might kind of like run some stuff, just like some filler stuff, and then kick off the New Year with new stuff. Maybe I could definitely see that too. So we'll see how that goes. All right, but we know there will be more My Hero Academia, and speaking of that. We read My Hero Academia Volume 7, which you can hear us talk about after the break. So we read My Hero Academia Volume 7 this week, and I don't know that I really have a lot to say about Volume 7. It's a very transition-y volume as yeah. we move between storylines. We do wrap up the stain stuff, and that arc is super good. And I like the one after it, but it feels a lot lower in stakes. Yeah. It's really interesting to me that the anime chose to end on that one. It makes the next it makes there feel like more of a break after it, I think. Yeah, it kind of does. I think it was just from a pacing standpoint, like they had been going at a certain pace and then we're like, well, crap, we need to not that they had planned that, but they were like, all right, that like everything feels paced well. This just because we need to make this season 13 or 24 episodes or whatever. It, it needs to end now. Yeah. Like, all right, I've set a pace for how the manga goes. And what do you mean? I can't shorten it to like 20 episodes so that we can have end of stain thing. Bam like denouement done, go into the summer training camp. But that's also not how the manga works either. True. And we have the exam arc between them, which I do like. I love the All Might Bakugo Deku stuff. Well, that's what I mean. It would have made a lot more sense with the... Um, that would be the start of season three? Yeah. So we start the season three with the final exams into the training camp. Yeah. As opposed to final exams, break, training camp. And while I do, like I keep saying, I like the final exams, they just feel like such a smaller stakes thing than Stain or the festival. I also kind of like that, though. Like, it's a bit of a, like, it's kind of nice to have them be like, yeah, you're still high school students. You've got final exams. Uh, oh, right. And I and do like that about My Hero Academia. Don't get me wrong. It just, it's such a sudden drop in manga form when you're just flipping through. Yeah. It's one of the disadvantages about manga volumes is they're not structured like American comics where they're on a story arc basis. Yep. And one of the strengths of that is you end mid cliffhanger and you really want to reach for the next volume. Yep. But one of the weaknesses is that you get these where you, the climax of this volume is so early on in it. Just yes. judging it as a single piece of work, which isn't really fair because it's not. It's a collection of works. Yep. Yeah. And like, like we've noticed, the first volumes do tend to, since they're trying to hook you, do try and, most of them try and follow a format or have a kind of like, yeah, this is a the first volume, let's get you in. But after a while, it's just like, 
all right, it's just the next 20 chapters or whatever. Like we stuck them in a book and then the next 20 chapters, we stuck them in a book. Like it's just, that's where they happen to lie. Yeah. Cause he's publishing this on a week to week basis so that the week to week story is fun. Not all right. I got to make it so that volume seven ends on a good note. Yeah, exactly. That's never a consideration, nor should it be. But then it shows once you're actually reading Volume 7. Yeah. So what do you want to talk about in Volume 7 here? Like I said, I do like the stain ending. I still really like that moment where it's Endeavor's like, it's the hero killer. I'm going to get all the glory. And then Stain just shuts him down with his own presence of like, you posers, you fakes. The only person who can kill me is All Might. Yeah. Which is especially poignant when we're kind of going through that with Endeavor right now in the current chapters of the manga. Yep. A hundred chapters later. More than that. I also really like how Endeavor clear, clearly trusts both his son and himself, like implicitly in this chapter. Yes. Like his son runs off and he's like, hey, don't do that. He's like, yeah, I got a thing to do. You should send backup. And he does. Yep. Without asking why or anything. Well, and he sends the backup being like, don't worry, I can handle this. Yeah. It's like, I got the main show. You go over here, see what's up. Yep. And I do like the meta arc of Stain motivating the League of Villains as Fallout. That stuff works really well on an intellectual level and showing us how this world operates. Yep. Oh, so do you think it was Gigantamachio in one of the panels where it's like, hey, here's... I want to keep calling her Tamari, and that's not right. Toga? Toga, here's uh, Dobby... And I could have sworn one of the panels was Gigantamachio. It's like it's some huge dude. And I'm like, the only one I c- other one I can think of is the muscle guy, and he doesn't look like that. Like You know, I didn't take note of that, and I was looking at those first early appearance stuff, like being like, oh, cool, Toga shows up here. Um, yeah, I noticed Toga. I noticed Dobby. I noticed the doctor from the last arc yes. in there, which, and that was always there as this mysterious doctor talking to uh, all, all for one. one. Yep. I, I, I took a second to make sure this time. But I thought that was cool in the rewrite. Maybe you're right. It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. But I do like the... It's not that he specifically made the League of Villains better, because right now the League of Villains is basically just Tomura and Kurugiri. Yeah, I think that's his name. And all for one, pulling the strings. Yes. Well, it's not that he's really pulling the strings. It's like the League of Villains is his shadow... Not shadow puppet, but is like... uh, puppet corporation yeah where he's like all right yeah you can like go do your own thing but like just be aware that i'm here yeah and I, hey hey d- do this but not like telling is like yeah tomorrow you have total total autonomy but here's a treat like <laughs> here's a piece of candy go over there yeah here's a no move also like the freaking terrifying revelation that the artist makes in one of the pages at the end that uh, the reason that the winged Nomu went after Deku was that he might have been one of Bakugo's friends from school. The yeah. guy with the wings is like, oh, God, that's so dark. Yeah. And we also get speaking of all for one. This is really not his introduction. He's been a shadowy figure before, but he gets more called out here. Where we get some of the one for all backstory. Yep. This is actually where we get the the origin of one for all itself. Yeah. We get. All Might hinting that he's about to die, which still hasn't paid off, but does raise the stakes there. And that's been there from chapter one with his yes. wound. But Well, and he was also expecting to die in the, like, he was expecting to die when One for All ran out. Yeah. 
all because for, of yeah. yeah one for all you're right i said it right uh, did. he was expecting it because of night ice prediction like that's always been burning in the back of his head but the night i didn't say specifically then because night i in the current arc just in the most recent anime episode is still like none of my predictions have ever been disproved yeah but he was expecting it to happen that, like in that fight yeah but I think he just thought so because that's dramatic. That's what I'd assume, too, if I had this giant rival who I had to fight again. Yeah. Well, and also the the whole I'm going to be gone. Like, it's not that me, Toshinori, is going to be gone, but All Might is going to be gone very soon. Well, that's true. Like, even if... And that that's another thing on his step of being a teacher. Like, that was one of the things in his fight for in his fight against all for one is he's like, I can't give up until I've shown him the ropes. Yeah. Which is something I really like. So I like this kind of, Hey, all might's probably going to be, you know, he doesn't say it, but Hey, all might's going to be gone very quickly. And it's being like, well, okay, but you're still going to be here. Well, and I think that's what Deku's saying is definitely like, as long as you're here to guide me, I can do anything. I don't need you to punch the guy. Yeah. But I think, Toshinori was thinking of himself as All Might, and that might like, be. as soon as the power goes, I'm useless. Yeah, there is no life after All Might. Yeah, and so I like the turn because he has that turn after the All for One fight, talking with Deku's mom, yeah. kind of thing of like he's like, all right, well, my life is over now, yeah. and her being like, what are you talking about? And as much as it's a gag, like that's when he buys the Teaching for Dummies book. Yes. Uh, that's definitely a turn in like even his teaching style where he tries a lot harder. Yeah, he realizes, okay, I'm not All Might anymore, but that doesn't mean that I can give up or that I'm useless. But that's not this volume. No, but this is the the start of that with yeah. him being like, I can't even tell Deku that One for All is like, because he hasn't explained that his pow- as Deku's power is growing, his power is decreasing. Like, yeah. But really, this volume is after the stain stuff is all world building. It's the League of Villain expansion being seeded. Yep. It's the all for one backstory, and the one for all backstory. Yep. And it's a bunch of like classroom shenanigans, like the study parties that we have. We see Bakugo tutoring Karishima, Karishima, and be like, "I will beat the knowledge into you. You'll study so hard you die. No, I'll tutor you so hard, hard you, you die. die." Yep. And, and Karishima being like, "Yeah, thanks." <laughs> And we get the little, like, class rankings. Deku being number four. Four. goes three. Ida's two. Ida's um, two and Momo's one. Yeah. Uh, and then this Grape is the Kid hint. is nine. Yeah. Well, this is the hint. I love that Grape Kid is nine when the, <laughs> the two bottom ranks are like, what? No, you're only cute. Or it's like your character is only acceptable if he's also a loser. You can't also be academically gifted, you <laughs> asshole. Yeah. We also get the Momo is super rich. Yeah. In this. Oh, that even that's kind of like a like a bonus thing. No, well no, it's established it's I guess it's more hinted at in it, in the manga, but in the little bonus chapter, it is explicitly said. Yeah. Like it's put more and more on display just how like she's always been from a wealthy family, but it's like she oh, has no she, concept of money. Yeah. She doesn't I, even understand that she's well off. Yeah. Well, that's how a lot of people like that are. Yeah. Like, it doesn't seem weird because you're not comparing yourself to other people. Or if you're comparing, you know, if you're comparing high society among high society, you're like, oh, I'm not that much well off than everyone else in my neighborhood. Yeah. We got a good studying montage that is literally just a studying montage. Yeah. 
Yeah, I do also like the final exams. I like that the anime expands on them a lot. Yeah, but the Todoroki Momo one is in the manga, and I think that's the important one. Then the Deku Bakugo one. Of yes. course, the anime would expand on them. That's ripe opportunity for yes. that. They would have missed it if they didn't, especially since that's the end of their season. But yeah, but even expanding all of the other ones, like I, I actually don't think we're done with. No, we're not because we're they, not done with any of them. I was like, we're not done with any of them. Which is another reason that this manga volume feels like it's in an odd place. Yeah. It's a really odd one for our us to end our My Hero Academia month on. Yeah. So maybe... No. No. We're taking a break. At yes. least for a little bit. No, that's fine. I also like that the artist, because I can't remember his name, and well, I won't bother trying. You can say it and it'll just in one ear right out the other. I was like, yeah, so I'm kind of struggling to fill these blank pages, but as an like as a person who used to read manga they can't be blank like it used to kind of piss me off with blank pages in manga in manga volumes like this like no put put something here so i like that he's doing that and he mentions on one of them like i'm not showing the villains in these because i want them to be villains these are to make like these little backstory things are to make my characters more likable i don't want you liking my villains like you can enjoy them being villains, but I don't want you to like them. Well, I then want you, you to enjoy. Put twice and Toge in that arc, dude. <laughs> I mean that. But I, that's I know, also. I, I was like, that's also much later on, uh-huh. and even then, that's us still liking them as villains, not as people. Like I would not like to hang out with Toga. That would be fucking terrifying. Sure, but I think I would like to hang out with twice. No, twice, <laughs> twice, twice would be pretty fun. Mainly because he's not like he's evil because he's insane, not as much as. He's evil, like, Toga is evil because she's evil. But even then, like, they're the, it's not the villains I like to hate, but I'm like, yeah. I like them as villains, not as people. Yeah. Twice I like as a person, but. Because <laughs> he's got that sad backstory. He's got that sad backstory, and, like, I always like, he's not the Deadpool character, but he's the. He's so close. He's super close. He's clearly drawing inspiration there. Yes. He's just, he's the guy that's going insane. Uh, but is still competent in what he does. So I'm like, I I like that. I like that character. Anything else you want to say about Volume 7? We haven't talked about it much, but like I said, I honestly don't have a ton to say about it. No, which I guess is part of, uh, although we have had a decent amount to talk on some of these other ones. So Yeah, most of them I've had, I've come at it with an angle of attack at least, whereas this one is really just, it's, you know, My Hero Academia stuff happens. Yeah. It's good. But, Give us a comment, write us an email, something on that, on how you feel My Hero Academia Month went, and if this is maybe something that we should look into, maybe not every, oh, we're just going to do My Hero for the next year, but maybe it's something that, would you like us reading something kind of concurrently, or like more of a series, not one at a time, but basically one at a time, as opposed to just having us kind of survey style hit everything uh before you open it up to the audience i want to ask you how you feel doing this went well i mean you kind of missed the the boat on that one well yes but you you went for it and i wasn't gonna cut you off okay i do that too often anyway i do like reading all of a manga there's something satisfying about continuing a story as it's going it's one of the reasons why i like rereading back through stories when the new one comes out, because it's like it's nice to be able to read everything at once. And sometimes it is extremely hard to try and keep 20 storylines separate in my head. 
And it's like, oh, I forget what happened in volume one because I haven't read it in so long, but I don't have so much time that I can, oh, if we're going to do volume two or uh, do another volume, like, oh, wait, was this the one that did this? Or like, I don't have time to go back and read everything. So I do like it, but it also was nice to be able to hit manga that I had no idea of. So there's there's definitely been a couple of this podcast where I'm like, I basically had no idea this existed. And now I want to go read it. I really wonder how it would go if we were doing something like this with a series we hadn't read before. Because with My Hero, it was a revisit. We were looking yes. for details. We kind of knew the story already. We weren't being swept up in that. I wonder if we would have as much to talk about in the new series or if we would have more. Yeah. And that there also is that. There are a couple of ideas. Like I said, some of the stuff that we've done for this podcast that we've read volume one of that I'm like, I would like to continue reading this. I didn't know this thing existed and think it's really cool. So that could be something to try. Hey, let's read this one, whichever one we decide and kind of go through that and see how that goes. Again, maybe not necessarily the entire month of it. I don't mind going through something the entire month, but it also does. It also is nice to. Let's hit up this other thing or it's kind of nice to go back to, oh, hey, let's kind of survey these other things and maybe I'll find another manga that I'll try and read again at some point. Yeah, I option three, I also wonder how it would go if one of us had read it before and the other had not. Although I, there aren't a ton of those. They definitely exist. No. We've talked about a few of them already. Yes. I mean that's kind of how your Gundam Seed podcast. Yes, happened, exactly. Basically, so. exactly. So I want, but you and I are a very different dynamic than Zach Tyler and I. Yes, and there also is always the problem of, well, what if I don't like it as much as you? And yeah. then that could be a downer for you of me just like, <laughs> yeah, okay, we're going through it again. You're like, but I really liked it. I'm like, well, I didn't. I'm I'm not saying. That I feel that's- like the reverse would be much more of a downer for someone. But that's just, I think you and I are wired pretty differently when well, it comes to criticizing media. Yes. Also, I think the the reverse would be a downer for me. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think you would be more down by that than I would. Yes. Be, is what I'm saying. That That is the case. Oh, I really like this. But at the same time, there's a ton of stuff that, because I'm much less critical about things, there are tons of things that I enjoy that other people are like, this is garbage. I'm like, yeah, yeah but I had fun. Well, I don't care. It's garbage. Blah, blah, blah. You know, like. Like the new Pokemon game, all this stuff about all the controversy about all this stuff. I'm like, but I'm I'm having fun. I don't care. They didn't do a they didn't make a perfect game. Yeah, I'm not gonna let your negativity ruin fun. Like I play video games for fun. Yeah, and just the way again, the way I feel like my bar is higher. And we definitely have different oh, yeah. tastes. There are definitely things I like that you might not, but I think there are very few of them. Yeah, there are there. We do have different tastes. I have a much broader taste range, I think, and a much lower bar. Like, I can be enjoyed. Uh, I can be enjoyed. <laughs> yes. You're an yes. almond joy now, Kevin. I can be enjoyed. Nom, nom, nom. So, I can be entertained very easily, and the joke I always make is that I can shut off my brain while I'm watching something or reading something or playing something and not think about it. I can live in the moment and have fun. I can think about it afterwards, but I can I can turn off my brain, Luffy style, and be an idiot and just go with the flow and enjoy myself. I mean, I can recognize a thing is bad and still enjoy it, but there's a specific spectrum on that. Yeah. Well, and you also have to like recognize a thing is bad and enjoy it because it's bad. I can watch something that's bad and just for basically forget that it is bad. 
and just have fun. I mean, there are some things I can do that with too. And I'm trying to think of an example now. Like, like actually, I was going to say like Hobbs and Shaw, but Hobbs and Shaw actually pretty okay. Yeah. Like it's not cinema. It's not going to blow your mind out, but it has themes that pay off. Yeah. Well, and like, I don't think about that stuff anyway. That like, was It doesn't set any ideas up and then contradict them. Yep. So in high school, I took a lot of AP courses, which is advanced placement for basically college level courses. I never took AP literature. It's like you're some sort of engineer. No, actually, I took AP English. I could have taken, or I took AP writing. I could have taken AP literature. I chose not to because I didn't want to ruin books for myself. Because <laughs> I didn't want to come at books like I do engineering problems or stuff like that. I was like, I didn't want to start breaking it down and start analyzing things. Because I was like, I don't want to ruin books. I enjoy books. And that happens to, I think, a lot of critics, like a video game critic. You have to come at a game like a critic. So by the time you do that every day for five years, eventually, even if you stop doing that, every game you come across, you smack like a critic and you're like, oh, God, I can't not that I can't have fun anymore. But it becomes much more difficult to enjoy the game when you're like the first instinct you have is to start breaking it down. All right. So I liked these things, but I didn't like these things. And. Oh, I'm I'm not even having fun. I'm literally criticizing this game that I'm trying to play for fun right now. I mean, this is a conversation we've had on the mics before, but I don't think it's like that for all people because it's no. not for me. But also, I find breaking stuff down and criticizing it fun. Like, I have three podcasts where I do that in three different medias. Yeah, and I, I'm not saying that's that's how it works either. Just in high school, that was my that was my reasoning behind that. I was like, I don't. I don't want to ruin books for me. I want to be able to enjoy a book without having to break it into pieces. And that brings us into personality power level. Vegeta, what does the scouter say about his power level? Personality power level is the segment where we rank manga characters from best to worst. And then I make Kevin have to break down and criticize his favorite manga boys. No, that's super easy because I kind of just let you go with the flow. And I was like, I'm going to put this above. Why? I feel like it. <laughs> Naruto's number one. Yep. He's orange. Believe it. That guy who's not Yamcha doesn't even have a name is at the bottom, which please, infuriates me every Please week. send us someone who's worse than this guy <laughs> so we can stop. We can have a name at the bottom of the list rather than a sentence. Which is for, from that guy who, from that time I got reincarnated as Yamcha. Dead Center is Buggy the Clown from One Piece. So who do you want to rank this week? I know you hinted at doing Ida last week, which I would be yep. fine with. Stain is the other obvious option. Stain is the other obvious option. Um, but I kind of want to do Ida just because, not that I don't necessarily want to do Stain, but I want to focus more on a lot of the, like, especially since we're not going to be doing more My Hero characters, I want to focus more on a character that is still growing and is still a huge part of the story. Not that Stain isn't. I actually really like how important Stain is for having existed for, like, what, 20 chapters not even that it's like 10 at most it's interesting yeah. to me that you say that because i've been thinking about Ida a lot since you kind of hinted at him last week and i feel like stain's more important to my hero academia even though Ida's still around like i feel like Ida really has been supplanted in the story of late i was watching the next time on the anime mm -hmm. and Ida's in the next anime episode and i'm like oh that's interesting actually it looks like this is going to be like a lot of anime exclusive content in this next episode because Ida didn't do anything in this storyline. No. And obviously the next manga storyline we're going to read where 
he this is the counterpoint to Izuku being like, hey, we can't get involved. Remember what happened with Stain? Yeah. He's super important in that. But in a lot of ways, I feel like Todoroki and Bakugo are taking his place. Yeah, and that's fair. Like, I'm not saying I'm not saying that Stain isn't and more important. I, I'm mostly just looking at him as a character. Like he's getting that TN effect where he's getting pushed into the background. And yes. It's not just because there's no space for him. Yeah. And we don't have many supporting characters like that. We don't have many friend characters. Yeah. Which is where he is. But also the friend usually gets pushed down unless they're also like the Krillin and they have a real important role. But there's not really a Krillin in My Hair Academia. No. And I think that's a lot of that is just from the huge cast. Well, and, yeah, and there doesn't have to be. It's yeah. not like it's a vital role. So like looking at the list, I don't know if I think Ida is as good as Goku or Gon from Hunter Hunter. No. Probably better than Ichigo from Bleach. Yeah, he's he's got personality like that actually exists. How do you think he compares to Maka from Soul Eater? I like him more than Maka. He has, he's got that. I I do like this character arc of his where he's been the like by the book rules man. I love his turnaround early. Yeah, on. that gives me so many points where he's like shutting Izuku down with all these rules, but then he realizes, oh my god, no, I was such an idiot. You understood what I was what was going on, and I didn't have a clue. Yeah. And I love that turnaround for him. I don't want to say he's a bad character or give anyone that impression. I just think he's like a character who's like unfinished, but has also already served his role in a weird way. If that makes sense. Yes. He reminds me a lot of like Shikamaru and Rock Lee, who you always thought were going to get big resolutions and And there was never time for it. Yeah. Um, And that that does make sense. Um, I kind of like that. So he starts off as the rules lawyer asshole of like, hey. You didn't do this thing right. No, I did. Please let me explain, you idiot. Like, I think one of the first things he says is, uh, excuse me, there are actually four monsters on there, but you only said there are three yeah. point point totals. Yeah. It's like, well, says the last one is zero. And then he, he starts becoming more and more friendly when you realize, like, he's kind of latched too hard to the rules to be the point where he's that rules lawyer asshole that's like no this is exactly what it says in the book no okay you need to read the spirit and the Mm -hmm. law at the same time don't just read the words back at me without understanding what they're supposed to mean so he changes from that then he has the moment of like i'm here to revenge my brother and so i really like that that turn of his where it's like all right i'm still the i'm the class representative i'm the rules guy oh crap I'm here, for, like I'm here for revenge. All of that gets thrown out the window, and then he has the turn back again during this volume of I've been an idiot. Like he was right, I've failed as a hero. I'm not a hero right now, and I really like that moment where he's kind of like, yeah, no, he's right. I failed. How do we think he compares to Tomura Shigaraki from My Hero Academia, a character that certainly got more story to him? Yes. <laughs> oh, is, is that the like? How do you think he compares, though? Like, is yeah. Ida's, like, Ida's had his moment, and I don't know that Tomura has. And I've talked a lot about how I feel like Tomura is just a little too, not incompetent, but. No, I know what you mean. He he does feel he that way. He just lacks a little bit of threat. Even, like, he's got a plan to nuke the world or whatever. And I'm like, eh. Yeah, because he's, He doesn't like, feel threatening. He doesn't have a presence. No, he does not have a presence. He feels like, even this plan to nuke the world, it feels like, it's not like, oh no, we've got to stop Tomura from nuking the world. It's because Tomura has a nuke. We need to stop the nuke. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, I'm, yeah. I'm more worried about his quirk, not him. As we got, stupid we got, as that sounds. We gotta get Hawks out of there. He's 100% gonna die. Yep. 
So I th- I think I like Edabor. I right above Tomorrow we have Asta from Black Clover, and I don't think I like Eda more than Asta. That is totally fair. I I enjoy Asta a lot, especially new buff Asta. <laughs> okay, so Tenya Ida will go at number twenty seven, above Tomura Shigaraki and below Asta. All right, Jeremy. So what are we going to be reading next week? Now that we're done with my hero. So December we're gonna like kind of punt again, and since it's Christmas times and my our Shonen Jump could be canceled at any week, we're just gonna do stuff we want to read. Especially since there's one thing that's Christmas themed that I wanted to read since we started the podcast. Yes. I'm very excited for that. But we're not doing that next week. If you listen to my other podcast last time on video games, you'll know that my project for the entire year basically has been playing through the Kingdom Hearts games, which I had I can't say I had never touched them before, but I never actually played them before. Mm-hmm. And that was a lot of my life this year. And it's not an experience I regret. I really didn't want to do a lot of adaptation manga when we started this podcast, but we've done plenty already, and I've devoted a bunch of my life to it. So, And I've heard it's pretty interesting. So we're going to read the Kingdom Hearts manga, Volume 1, specifically the final remix. And I don't know if that's any dish- different than the old versions of the manga, or if they were just being cute with the reprints and named it after the final remix, like remix of the games. I think that's all they did. Who knows? Tatsuya Nomura, maybe? Possibly. So yeah, next week we are going to read Kingdom Hearts Volume 1. All right. Until then, our opening theme is Fighting Against One's Will by Midair Machine. Our closing theme is A Psychic Fist Fight by Tom W. Emerit. Other music on the show is by Spectacular Sound Productions, and our album art is by Kate Wind on DeviantArt. Our website is www.lastpodcast.com, where you can find our other podcasts, including It's a Gundam, which is just wrapping up Gundam Seed. I'm very proud of how that all went. I think I mentioned it last episode. But now the final episode is actually out, so you can actually go listen to it. Anything you'd like to plug this week, Kevin? Not this week. All right. Have a great week, everyone. 